my old boss, a wonderful woman, long time in behavioral science and leadership conferences. And she'll tell you every every time you see her, you know, Tuesday is the most productive day of the week. Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday is the most productive day. Yeah. podcast i'm your host danny paul with me as always is the vice host leon coventry leon danny happy thursday young man thursday, sir how are you i'm always good you know that are you well you seem well very well you seem very happy well. and healthy well you know what's great about this show and we do it on thursday sometimes the anticipation of the weekend is actually better than the weekend itself for sure. So that's why I think Friday is one of the best days of the week. Because Monday, people are like recovering <laughs> from the hangover of the weekend. But Tuesday, you're in the grind. You're in the, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, you bust it out. Thursday, you kind of lose out steam, but you know Friday's coming. And sometimes anticipation, just like with vacation. Anticipation's better than the actual thing. So Tuesday's the best day of the week. The most productive day. Well, at the end yeah. of the most productive day is Taco Tuesday. And I, yeah, that's no coincidence. It's that's science. Right. One can't go wrong with tacos. Hi, <laughs> right, my friend. What's your brown? You were excited Tonight's about it. You wanted, you wanted to uh, expulterate. Uh, you wanted a big I did, word, and I think you're going to be excited about it too. Okay, uh, I had to, I had to pull a uh, an audible at the end. I was not going to do mm-hmm. this bourbon, but then Triple B hit the stove, oh. and when she hit the stove. She found something we've been waiting very patiently for. No way. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna hold no. it up here. That's right. Kirkland small batch. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's an hourly Costco. Drinker. Costco has finally released bourbon. And uh uh they partnered with Barton. 1972. I'm sure you've seen those bottles. Mm-hmm. The big giant 1972. What's nice about this is they're not hiding the fact that Barton, uh, neither one of them, they're very proud to be part of this. So uh, very excited when it came out. Triple B picked up five or six bottles already. Is it yeah. cheap? Is it like their sangria? It is. It's 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 extremely reasonable for the quality you're getting, and I did take a little sip before the show and I'm sipping it now. It's wonderful. Cheap. It is go to wonderful. Hooch. That's good. It times. is wonderful. Yeah. So go out and get it before it gets uh, gobbled up. I remember when Kirkland came out, <coughs> excuse me, with a four piece golf ball and they couldn't keep them on the shelf. Now that they're releasing this small batch, I bet it's going to disappear quick. Hmm. So go get it and get it, get it and get it. And what is your brown, sir? Uh, I am finishing off the last of the old Forester from the brown bracket. I am whittling away the stock that's left in my in my cabinet. I'm saving Knob, the winner of the bracket, for last. I got a little bit of mm-hmm. old Granddad and a little bit of Forester left. I finished off the Jefferson's Ocean, and I've kind of been mm-hmm. polishing off those bottles. And I want to I want to do a complete 
end the chapter, turn the page on the bracket before I restock. Uh Uh, And as we talk about, we bounce around. So I got some mezcal and I got some other, uh, some other spirits, but uh, we go back to the Brown always as you do. Uh And this is the uh, 1897 old Forester, which still smells like, mm, like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's so wonderful. It's magic. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's a good one. You know, I have an opposite problem. You're trying to whittle down your stock. I can't keep my stock from growing. My entire, I have an entire floor of a room covered in bourbon. (laughs) And yesterday was it Wednesday. I I took my grandmother out for dinner. My wife and I, it was actually interesting. You know, we man from Jackass, he was Mm -hmm. in there with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Interesting uh, place, little hole in the wall. Fantastic little bar restaurant uh, down in the Newport area. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, where we were was right next to one of those strip mall liquor stores. And of okay. course, being in Newport, you can't not go. go in there as a bourbon hunter. You know, these are the ones that have the good ones. And I made the cardinal mistake of tri- sending in triple B. Oh, you and can't she, do that. Yep. Yep. She went in and she came back out uh, two arms full uh, of some really hard to find pretty high, high quality bourbon. And then said, that's it. We're done. No more, no more bourbon. And then she went to Costco today and she hit another Instagram influencer for a life. (laughs) Well, she's never wrong. She always gets the good stuff. So she'll never, she'll never get a, a, a brow beat from me. She always nails it. But so I'm not really, not really complaining. I'm just saying that we have an addiction. And I think that when you're in one of those programs, isn't one of the first steps admitting it? I admit it. So there you go. Well, enjoy your addiction, sir, because you certainly have a smile on your face. <laughs> well, if, you know, if, if this is my vice, then so be it. I, I quit all the other ones. Temporary. Oh, good. See, so that's a positive. You're you're net mm-hmm. negative on your vices. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into some brown news. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah, and I got news for you. Today's brown news comes to us from MSN.com, courtesy of CNN. America loves to go cocktails. This state yep. won't allow them anymore. A traveler, as they said in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, awesome movie. The article begins, as more Americans get vaccinated, states across the country are lifting their pandemic restrictions. That means that one popular relief measure, the allowance of to-go cocktails at restaurants, is either expiring or continuing, depending on where you live. In Arizona, they extended it because Governor Douchey is, I don't want to say he's awesome, because I don't want to give any politician the label of awesome, but on a curve, he's pretty awesome. Uh Uh, The National Restaurant Association counted about 26 states, most of the ones that permitted to go cocktails during the pandemic that have opted to allow the practice to continue. Georgia and Texas, for example, made to go cocktails permanent. Surprise, surprise. Colorado has extended its allowance to 2025. Others like Massachusetts and Virginia stretched the allowance to next year. But Can I ask others, why you, well, I got to pause. I'm not blown by this. Why did you up. say surprise, surprise, Georgia and Texas are allowing this? Because well, I would have thought the other way. Texas has drive through liquor stores, doesn't it? I know Ohio does, but they still separate liquor from um, all the other. Oh, well, okay. Uh, in that case, so. well, there's no open container law in Texas. Oh, there isn't. No, so you can have a beer in the car as long as you're not drunk. Oh, shit. 
I did not know that. Lone Star, Texas State. I don't know about Georgia, but I do know that Georgia has Georgia has always had take a traveler. I was I always considered Texas as the bottom of the Bible Belt, though, and you know the blue laws. I'm wrong. I'm clearly wrong because they have much more liberal laws than the conservative state that they claim to be. But that, you know, having an open container, that's impressive. I don't, Uh, don't, I've never really considered Texas a part of the South as it were. Now, technically they are as far as geography is concerned, but the personality is certainly different. Yeah. Um, Texas is Christian because it's nice they love their sports. They love their trucks. They love being Texans uh, of the Texans that I know. They love it. They love being in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't get the sense of, I mean, they have their own flag to cling to. They've got the Lone Star flag, so they don't need to worry about being a part of the Confederacy. And I don't think they worry about any of that baggage because Texas has always been like, yeah, we decided to join the United States there was no annexing or, or wars or anything. So everything about Texas is, you know, they, and yeah, anybody that's in Texas listening to this, obviously let us know bottle of Brown at gmail.com. You can email Leon, you can email Danny, tell us your thoughts on this magic 15. But if you're in Texas, Texas is a country by itself, just like California. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Couldn't be more opposite actually, but yeah. Okay. Sorry, didn't mean to stop your, your no, story. No, no, there. that's good. Good digression. We got to step off and and talk about these things because I don't I don't see anybody in Georgia or Texas giving a crap about alcohol laws. I think they do whatever they want. I think those states are free enough that it's considered whatever. You don't have the uh, dry counties like you do in Tennessee and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, correct me. It's Magic fifteen. The article goes on. Others took a different route. On Thursday, New York officially ended its state of emergency and with it, beloved cocktail deliveries. It's one of a smaller number of states that have let the provision expire or are still deciding on how to proceed. Pennsylvania's provision also expired, but lawmakers may reinstate it. In its statement explaining the move Wednesday, the New York State Liquor Authority said the state's legislature failed to permanently codify the ability of restaurants to offer alcohol to go. Though bills have been introduced, they didn't grease the palms they needed to grease. That's what that means, by the way. Possibly, yeah, I I would agree with that. Though bills have been introduced to allow New York residents to serve alcohol to go moving forward, the legislature failed to enact them before the end of session. Because of that, quote, all temporary pandemic-related suspensions and directives, including privileges allowing bars, restaurants, and manufacturers to sell drinks to go, will end after June twenty-fourth. And the article was dated seven hours ago. So we're, we're recording this on the 24th. So today, as of today. So far, Danny, I haven't heard a single logical reason, a real reason why they would stop this program. If somebody come out and said, we have data that says this is unsafe and, hey, you know, we were going through the pandemic, but man, drunk driving was up. But, you know, something, something concrete to say, hey, this is a great idea. I mean, this is a bad idea. We need to cut this off. We're harming people. We're harming people. Sometimes they forget that we're supposed to be free, right? We're supposed to be free. Stop protecting us from something that doesn't need to be protected from. That's all I'm saying. This one just sounds, I mean, the language of the article suggests that this is just lazy legislators. They just didn't, they just didn't get in there and do it before the end of the session. So you know, state Senate rules say you got to wait. So they're just going to wait till the next session and they'll probably extend it. People like this idea. 
Yeah, I mean, New York City has no shortage of public drunkenness. So what's the problem? Yeah. You know, I got drunk in a bar. They threw me in public. Right. I mean, I think it'll naturally go down because people are naturally social when they drink alcohol and they want to be around other people. So I don't know that you need to force the hand. And hey, if there's some people that are, hey, I'd rather drink at home, but I like a good cocktail. Why are you, why are you hurting small business like that? Uh, I just, I think that New York is such a melting pot of diversity that you're going to get so many different takes on a cocktail that you're going to want to be able to sample them. And wouldn't it be cool to have an at-home cocktail party where you can pull drinks from, you know, a couple of blocks of Manhattan. Uh, now you got to bar hop like everybody else. And the challenge of bar hopping is, you know, walking around drunk. And that's, you know, it's a public safety issue, as it were. <sighs> that's my biggest sigh I can give. It's very sad. Sigh. It is very sad. It's very sad. I'm sad now. So I was the, pumped to start. Uh, so it's disappointing. So cocktails to go is a wonderful thing. And uh, it seems strange to me that with the amount of public transportation that New York has, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't roll with this, but it's dumb. It's dumb. It's a big failure on, on our government. And uh, I just, that one hashtag dumb. Uh, so dumb. Grunt. <laughs> sigh. Yeah, so dumb. For real. <laughs> we can do better. God, we can do so much better. Who? <sighs> well, that wraps up brand news, my friend. But, 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 brown news. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's get into business news. News team, assemble! Let's get down, let's get down to business. Today's business news comes from Reuters, the international news conglomerate. Manufacturers have an answer to higher costs. Pass them on. This one's dated uh, June 23rd. The article begins in 2018, Whirlpool Corporation swung to a loss after a tariff-fueled rally in U.S. steel prices drove up its raw material costs. Thank you, Donald. This year, it's paying $1 billion for steel and other materials, but the West Michigan appliance maker is on track to post its highest profit in decades. The difference, booming demand. Spurred by nearly $6 trillion in pandemic stimulus from Washington, more than the country's World War II budget, and consumers flush with savings. You ever heard of revenge spending? That's what's going uh, no. on. Revenge yeah, it seems spending. like it. Look, I, right off the bat, I, yes, there's, there's political influences here, but everyone, all of the, the magical 15 here, you know, the, you need to, recognize what the hell is going on you go to the store you buy your gallon of milk you buy whatever if you don't notice that that ticket's higher you're crazy go buy a sheet of plywood right now go buy a sheet of plywood what used to be 15 dollars is 90 90 dollars gas over here 440 a gallon and we're we're just not even sweating it 
Who? Why are we not freaking out about this? We're freaking about. We're freaking out about the wrong shit. You know, like this is a problem. Ramp up. Get back to work. Build shit. We need shit. The world is opening, and the world isn't ready to open yet because we're just sitting on our damn hands, and and we're running out of everything. We're just we're, we're we are consuming far faster than anything can be produced. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you do you believe Absolutely. that consumption is higher, or the fact that we shut everything down? It's just going to take a while to retool and ramp back up to normal. I think consumption is normal. And I don't think production is able to meet that bottom of the curve. It's a whole new economical phenomenon. Right. Cause it's usually that's right. And, and the, the phenomenon that I don't think that we've ever really addressed is this public shaming, right? Because if you gouge, right, you know, you, you look at that supply demand curve, right. And you, you say, this is where you're supposed to be, but everybody knows that a gallon of milk is supposed to be this many dollars, right? You know that. You've always spent that. So when that when that when that supply goes down and you're running out all the time and you maybe raise it to six or seven or eight dollars, then everybody accuses you of how dare you? You know, how dare you that's try to uh, gouge us in a pandemic? Pricing, right. Well, yeah. that's what happened and in it, Texas with the power company, right? Yeah, it's exactly what's happening. So it becomes this public shaming that says you're a bad company. You you have bad morals. You're you're sticking it to the people in their time of need. But really, they don't have the supply. So you have these companies that don't and the manufacturers that don't have the supply, but they get guilted into keeping the price flat because that's where we're at now. You get you you have no you have no choice. So you just run out. You just constantly run out. I was actually having a long conversation with my uh, my pool guy today, and he was telling me about the uh, worldwide chlorine shortage. Wow, there's chlorine. one of those too? Yes, there's no chlorine. There was one manufacturer that was able to keep people in their factory. The other ones are trying to ramp up, but they're months away from producing at normal mm-hmm. levels again. So semi-trucks show up with chlorine, and it's gone in minutes minutes they don't have chlorine to put in pools this is what we're dealing with right now and it's you can't raise the prices which is what we all learn in economic class you raise the prices and you know the supply will meet it no it doesn't work that way right now because everyone is you know so pandemic sensitive and they're so socially sensitive that they won't raise the prices which i'm not for or against i'm just telling you what's actually happening right now i i even in my company i i've felt the same thing right i'm in I'm in property management, and uh, let me tell you something. The costs have gone up exponentially during COVID for name whatever reason. I You have to do repairs. They cost more. I can't. Everything costs more. Labor costs more. Every To get people out to fix things costs more. The utilities pumping stuff in there costs more. Oh, and by the way, our awesome governor decides you don't even have to pay rent. So... I'm not even getting the the revenue in to make up for the higher costs of everything, but I'm a big bad landlord and I'm out to get the little guy. And and that I know that that's that's our image and and I and there's nothing I can do about it, even though it's not it's absolutely not true. But the but at the end of the day, I know that image. Any sane business person would raise rent. You have to raise rent to make it work. 
we don't do it. Why didn't we do it? Because we didn't want to come off as a heartless landlord that didn't understand that these people are going through a pandemic. But at the end of the day, so are we. So are we as a business. So that's what they're they're facing. Well, in terms of uh, general price strategy, according to you know accepted business dogmas, you don't raise prices on existing customers. You raise prices on new customers. So right. if you have longtime tenants, you probably got to keep the rent somewhat uh, predictable, but when you get a new tenant coming in, yeah, go where you got to go, whatever the market will demand. Right. And and that's what we're doing. But the problem here is that we're in a housing shortage, horrible housing shortage. So you don't have new tenants, especially if you got a a rent moratorium. No. no, Yeah. Nobody's moving out. Yeah. Nobody's going anywhere. Tough time for you, but you're probably got some good things on the horizon because eventually that moratorium will end. Uh, The article goes on to say Whirlpool has raised prices by as much as 12% this year in various markets to compensate for increased raw material costs. Many other manufacturers that make goods ranging from heavy equipment to SUVs are using a similar playbook. It helps explain why corporate profits have soared to the highest level in a decade, even though factories across the United States are starved of components and prices for everything from steel to oil to labor and computer chips are surging. An analysis of Bank of America Corporation shows that S&P 500 companies surpassed analysts' profit expectations in the first quarter by the biggest margin in history, even as, quote unquote, inflation found more mentions on earnings conference calls than any time since 2011. Soaring prices are testing the U.S. Federal Reserve's jobs first monetary policy as inflation is now projected to exceed its 2% target by a wide margin this year and remain slightly elevated for the next two years. The Fed, however, still attributes the run-up in prices to transitory factors. If you don't think inflation is out of control right now and getting worse, I got some really great swampland I can sell you for the best price you've ever seen because it is, it is absolutely off the rails right now. And the only thing making, you know, Hey, I'm ta- again, I'm taking politics 100% pick one ever side. But when you have your president of the United States come out today and say, Hey, we have, people are saying, yeah, it's going to go up and it's going to come back down. Tell me that scenario. Tell me the scenario where inflation has ever, ever come back down especially in the U.S., never. It only goes up. It only continues to go up. So well, anybody's going to tell Prices only continue to go up, yeah. Yeah. Well, inf- yeah, it, the, the rate of inflation may come back down, but we're inflating like crazy right mm-hmm. now. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Your dollar in your pocket, every second it sits in your pocket, becomes less valuable. And oh, that, sure. is a, that is a pro- and that, like a lot less valuable now. So it is a real problem. And this isn't helping, right? And I don't know the answer. I'm just ranting about it because it's frustrating that we're just ostriching this. We're just putting our heads in the sand and saying, well, yeah, well, COVID, you know, fucking COVID. That's what happened. No, 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 don't accept this. Don't accept this. Uh, normally we're pretty good. So this gives us a wonderful opportunity for a point counterpoint because you're right that supply is constrained and due to the basic tenet of economics, if supply is constrained, prices are going to go up to meet demand, but can you get toilet paper now? And now, yes. Yeah. Do you notice the toilet paper prices are through the roof? Is anybody complaining about toilet paper? 
right now, no. Right. So the way that I see it is there will be a sustained inflationary influence on the economy, probably for whatever your run-up time is. So you got to take your manufacturers, right? So take a basket of manufacturers and try and average out the monthly cycle of what the run-up time is from raw materials to, uh, to production, to post-production, to delivery. And whatever that lead time is, which is probably somewhere in the realm of nine to 15 months, it's going to take a while to get back to where it was. So I've noticed that plywood prices are starting to break and come back down, at least out here, but copper prices are still through the roof. You still can't get semiconductors. You still can't get certain items. Um, but the chlorine shortage that you're talking about doesn't hit doesn't hit us. We're not having any issues with chlorine, at least as far as I can tell, out here. And Arizona is a very unique area because everybody's got a pool because you have to in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So I'm not seeing a chlorine shortage out here. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. Uh, what I would push back on you for is right now, absolutely painful. Absolutely. Prices are going through the roof because labor is going up. Wages are going up. You're having issues where people can't find workers. So you're going to get an imbalance in the capital and labor supply. So yeah, for real right now, inflation is a bitch. Uh, But I gotta, I gotta go with the federal reserve on this one in terms of it being transitory, because once you get everybody back to firing on all cylinders, you'll see a little bit of those prices hang on, but some of this, uh, government money will die down. Some of the savings rates will plummet back down and people will get back to a regular amount of spending. I think you have why are, two why are factors they not, right why now. Why are they you, not now though? Why are they not right now? I, well, you've got, a, you've got right a savings now? rate that went from seven to 15% and now it's back around 12%, which is unheard of. If you look at the savings curve, uh, there's some very interesting stuff from the federal reserve of uh, St. Louis. I think it's called Fred. You can go on the, the Fred website and you can look at numbers like this. There is some really, really nuts savings rates. You know, there are people, there are people that are restaurant workers that are dying right now. Um, yes. I'm trying to still collect some of my California unemployment from my old day job and I still can't get it. So there are people that are really, really hurting, but in the aggregate, if you look at the entire country, there's a lot of people that did okay. A lot of white collar workers did okay. And so they're making money. And they're just stashing it in a savings account. Once you remove the mask mandate, like you got everything opened up on June 15th, right? That's right. So people got back out and people started spending money. And what do you know? They start spending money on things that aren't there. So then you get into horribly high demand for limited supply, which means prices spike. I think once your supply comes back up, people ramp up and you get back up. I think you'll see it. What I also think uh, along the same lines of this, and it's it's ties into what you were saying is once can I, can the supply you, you, you said you said you said it's not there, so prices spike. What I'm telling you is prices on a lot of things are not spiking. They're not following the normal rules of economics, so they're just not there. So supply is gone. And you know, when you mentioned toilet paper, that's fine. Toilet paper's fine. We all joke about it because you can always go in the backyard and grab a leaf and wipe your ass. That's not <laughs> that big of a deal. But when you start talking about computer chips that run life-saving equipment, when you start talking about things that are life and death, and they are not toilet paper, and that is what we're running into. We're, ta- we're talking about, se- um, you know, just basic materials that make the world run 
not the bullshit, but basic materials and make the world run isn't available. And the rules of economics aren't controlling it because the rules of social norms are. And that is a problem because nobody knows how to react to this new phenomenon. That'll be an interesting one to revisit because I, I don't agree with you on that one. I, I think this was simply we shut everything down and it's going to take a while to ramp back up. So I, I hope I don't. I hope I mean, so. I hope so. No, I mean, when, when of think about the last time that housing went crazy, everybody moving, those go in cycles. And that's what happens. And that's what happens when the supply runs out. The bandwidth <laughs> ran out. The bandwidth ran out and it affects you. It affects our, our 15. Magic 15, you may notice this in the post when you're listening to the episode is uh, Leon lost his internet. And so in the midst of our conversation, he got dropped off because the supply of bandwidth <laughs> uh, we're kind of we're out of time on this segment which is too bad because we should come back to it i love uh, it but i thought you you made some good points and um we're gonna have to revisit it at some point as did you i enjoy when we disagree actually it's more fun i love to i love to hash it out with you that's why yeah. one day I, I i'd love to have ziggy on the show because i know him and i don't ever see eye to eye on a lot of big big thing so you two have an amazing affinity for social graces like i always see you guys having fun and laughing and hugging each other and stuff but then when you get into actual philosophical topics you two couldn't be farther apart no yeah oh and 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 triple b and i are the same way we and, and i enjoy that i like to hear every side of every angle and i enjoy debating it's fun makes for a spicy relationship i'm a master debater as it were. It's anyway, that wraps up of... business news. <laughs> Let's go to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Today's crank file comes to us from The Economist. <laughs> I love my stuffy British news magazines. This one comes from the Science and Technology Edition. This is May 22nd. So we hung on to this one for a while because we wanted to wait for the right time. I don't know if it's the right time, but... We need, we need a lighter topic. Any. Yes, we need a lighter topic. Good a time as any. Anal oxygen administration may save lives. I've been telling my wife this for years. I've been, I've been telling her. Just need that anal oxidation. Uh, this is legit, people. This is Economist.com, Science and Technology, 202105. Uh, it's legit from the May edition of The Economist. Fish breathe through their gills, but some also breathe through their bottoms. Vertebrate guts are abundantly supplied with blood vessels to enable them to absorb digested food. <laughs> that means they can, in principle, absorb oxygen too. And this is precisely what happens in species such as the weather loach pictured. <laughs> Uh, for those of you that aren't on the website as you're listening to this, it's a gigantic orange speckled eel-shaped being. Looks a bit like, like a catfish. What do you think? Yeah, I think it looks like an, a cross between an eel and a catfish. Yep. Well, I like those things from 
what was that South African movie? District nine. <laughs> a little it, bit of district nine going. Yeah. It looks, it does look like it lives right outside of San Onofre nuclear plant uh, off of, off the coast. That's, that's the type of eel that would live there or that's real. or Simpsons with the three. Hours. As far as is known, no land vertebrate can perform this trick, but in a paper just published in MED, Takebe Takanori of the Cincinnati Children's Hospital in Ohio describes how terrestrial animals might, with a bit of assistance, be able to do so. So far, Dr. Takebe has and his colleagues have turned mice, rats, and pigs into bottom breathers. If they can extend the trick to people, it could offer an alternative to tracheal intubation as a means. <laughs> I, Pause for comedic effect. I am absolutely <laughs> engaged in this conversation. I can't wait to hear how he trains mice to breathe, breathe through their butt. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Magic 15. This is too funny. But no. Yes. This is awesome. <laughs> we waited so long for this. I'm so excited. I, take oh. notes, Magic 15. You're ready for this. Oh, my face hurts. Okay. <clears throat> News face. The notion that intestinal oxygen might be medically beneficial surfaced briefly in the mid-20th century, though experimental evidence swiftly crushed it. But Dr. Tuckabe observed that the experiments in question had failed to consider a crucial fact. Mammalian rectums, that is the bums of mammals, are lined with layers of mucus which could limit the exchange of gases. To test the intestinal breathing hypothesis properly, this mucus would need to be removed to grant oxygen direct access to the intestines wall. Hmm. Uh, for those of you who are lost, let me bring it back to you. Have you ever seen a police procedural show like CSI or law and order or ER where they got to poke a hole in your throat so that they can get oxygen into your body? That's called the tracheotomy. So rather than a tracheotomy where they poke a hole in your throat to get oxygen in, if you're choking, they basically stick a hose up your ass. And that's why you can breathe. Which would you rather have? I'm going with ass. I'm going with throat or reverse fart. Danny, you're a South Park fan, right? Science. They had a priceless episode. If you hadn't seen it, go out and find it. I don't know the name of it, but it was an episode about how I think this came out when all these dumb kids were trying to drink through their ass. If you remember this, these were they were they were putting beer bottles up their ass and basically they're getting alcohol do. poisoning yeah, as you do. Uh, you get alcohol poisoning from putting even a 3.2 beer up your ass because your ass is so much better at absorbing the, the alcohol yeah. than even your stomach and intestines. So it, it became this thing. And well, then, you know, of course, South Park said, well, you know, if, you, if it's for alcohol, you can eat, you can absorb food better. And they started eating through their ass and they would sit on like turkeys and chickens and they would poop out of their mouth. Hilarious, right? They do a great job of taking a very silly idea and making it abstract to the nth degree so that we could all laugh at it. But this feels like they should have had an ass or anal oxygen bar that would have really been the cherry on the top of that episode. And it's something that this I is think important because this is not, this is not the onion. This is the economist. Okay. This is to news. Begin with, real news. Dr. Takabe and his colleagues tried this with mice. 
after anesthetizing their subjects, putting them to sleep, they scraped away the mucus linings using toothpicks in their rectum and the poop chute. They then fitted the animals with masks to restrict their air supply and pumped oxygen into their intestines. Control mice, masked but not so perfused, survived for less than a quarter of an hour. That's 15 minutes. Those receiving rectal oxygen, hashtag rectal oxygen, lasted 50-50 minutes. For those of you doing the math, that's three to four times longer. Let's let's just take a pause and and and, and pull apart what you just said. <laughs> this is why organizations that hey triple B in the house. She's taking the bourbon. Uh, hey, lady. Actually, give me a pour. Don't you, don't you leave with that bourbon? Um, you just very nonchalantly talked about. <laughs> them suffocating mice and killing them. Oh. And these ones died faster than the ones that we took a toothpick up their ass, wiggled it around for a while. Those ones, they got to little, live a little bit longer with the shame, knowing that they just got, you know, <laughs> anally probed by a toothpick. Good for them. They're real winners in this story. Sorry, continue. I'm speaking out for the animals in this test. Um, keep keep speaking because following the success of these experiments, the researchers moved on to rats and pigs and found that the technique worked with them too. Listen. In light of this, Dr. Takabe hopes to start trials on Takabe is an asshole. volunteers next Takabe year. Takabe is an asshole in this story. Is anyone listening <laughs> to this? Takabe is an asshole in this story. Yeah, but he can leave through it. He anal. <laughs> He rapes animals and sees how long they can live without air. Like, come on. This, oh. Come on, man. And we haven't cured cancer. We have not cured though, cancer. Though Dr. Takebe began this project before the appearance of COVID-19, the pandemic has thrown into sharp relief the need for better means of medical ventilation. And while rectal ventilation sounds uncomfortable it might actually be easier on the body than the traumatic process of intubation where they stick a tube down your throat you ever get that slime back have they mentioned that right they go in there they wipe away the uh, that's slime. An excellent, that's a wonderfully excellent question it doesn't say okay so but you know do they ever they need to start testing the mouse or the rat or the pig shitting after they've done this <laughs> and like well you know I, I i can breathe now out of my ass which is cool but um Every time I take a shit, it's the most excruciating. It feels like I'm shitting over shards of glass because I have no slime there to make it go down easy like my body intended it to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna close this with a uh, I'm gonna close this with a medical professional. But in the face of a ventilation crisis, as John Hurst, respiratory specialist at University College London, puts it. Anything that is innovative is immediately attractive as a solution. Oh, no, that's not how you end that article. Ah. These are monsters. They are monsters. How can you breathe in there? Oh, death, the butt. And also, I like <laughs> tennis. Oh, we'll be right back. Oh, that, <laughs> oh, that does it for the crank file. And now, because Florida. Because anything goes to 
I love that this segment just keeps coming back because it's endless material. It's endless. Last time we did Because Florida, we talked about 60 times the Florida man did something so crazy we had to read the headings twice. And we did the first 30. So we're going to burn through the last half just in the hopes that it gets better. So for those of you that were listening to the last episode, here is the continuation of the awesome. Are you ready? (laughs) I can't wait. I cannot 18-year-old Florida man arrested for posing as doctor, opening fake doctor's office. That requires effort. Yeah, that's that's actually impressive. Florida man says he danced on patrol car in order to escape vampires. I love the headline says anything to escape vampires. <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> Florida man kicked out of Trump rally for wearing penis on his head. Which I don't understand. That doesn't even make sense. Florida man asks trooper if he can leave scene of crash to get more meth. Uh, I let's keep reading. Did he say yes? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go get that math. That'd be Doesn't great. Doesn't say. Florida man pulls out a plastic badge and tells speeding motorci- motorcyclist, "Ah, the police." <laughs> <laughs> if you saw this guy, imagine if you can see the picture. Yeah, I mean the picture is not. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Florida man can't produce driver's license for police. Shows the mixtape instead. Well, I mean. And what was on the mixtape? Well, it says here, Delray Beach. Was it a sick-ass mixtape? <laughs> uh, uh, team got pulled over for reckless driving in front of Delray Beach High School, police said, and then showed his homemade rap CD as a form of identification. Yo, <laughs> this is me. <laughs> oh, that's If it was awesome. fresh beats, I'd let him go. Yep. Florida man wearing mop on his head terrifies neighbors with demand for eggs. What is it? I I mean, that's so Florida. Because when I when I think Florida, I think what's with the demand for eggs? Can you speak to that? No, I can't. That doesn't even make sense. It that's the best part of it. When when I think Florida, and and you know I lived there and went to school there. Yeah, yeah. uh, I think what the hell? What? The honest hell is going on right now because it makes no logical sense. You're doing something incredibly illogical. And the reason you're giving me is something even more illogical. So that is so Floridian. And I'm just, I'll I'll leave it there. I love you, Florida. If if one of the Magic 15s from there. Florida man drives date to sports bar on stolen Walmart mobility scooter. As people do. I'd do it. Yeah, I'd do that. Uh, Florida man calls 911 to report himself drunk driving. What's up with the face, though? Upstanding citizen. Why? Well, yeah, that's... What's know, happening there? Beautiful citizen's got some pock marks like he's tweaking. Yeah. Uh, Florida man burns himself dancing naked around fire for solstice ritual. He looks like he does a solstice ritual. I, I don't know. Solstice is pretty awesome. He's Mr. Summer Burning solstice Man. Festival in downtown Santa Barbara is bitching. Yeah, he looks like a. He definitely looks like a regular Burning Man. Mmm, Burning Man. We got to get Mr. Jones on. Florida man gives police fake name to try and avoid arrest. Fake name has a DUI. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! That's wrong place, wrong time. That's not necessarily Florida. That's awesome. 
Uh, Florida man asks public for help looking for his 18 foot banana. I mean, I've done that. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's not just Florida. That's everywhere. Florida man arrested for attempting to steal a power pole by strapping it on top of his SUV. <laughs> Is that a Kia? That is a Kia. So for, for the Magic 15, there's a dude with a Kia with a power pole strapped to the top of his Kia. It's, and it's got to be at least three or four car lengths. I was going to say, it's at least at least a total of six lengths of the car with yeah, three lengths no in orange, the front and three no lengths. flag, no rag, no nothing. How, that's how that's really that? unsafe. I mean, how do you even get on top of the car? That, that had to take a team of people. Don't well, hate on this two guy. Two dudes with no shirts on, handcuffed on the sidewalk. So maybe that's the explanation. Oh man, he's trying to make some money. Honestly, Florida man tries to leave strip club, crashes in the house, runs himself over. Mm. Florida man in tutu breaks into farmers market to consume fruit and soda. I don't get it. I hate on a man with arrested for illegal ride on a manatee. Yes, that's very Floridian. That's okay. awesome. All right. Manatees are a thing. Okay. <laughs> Florida man calls 911 to report lack of vodka. <laughs> I think that could happen anywhere. I would like to hear the call. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh, Can yeah. we pull yeah, that call? If we could find audio, that'd be awesome. Let's find the audio for that. Florida man filmed stealing dozens of pigeons while wearing trash bag and bucket on his head. Lord Buckethead. Lord Buckethead. Florida man steals bees because they thought they were abandoned. How do you steal bees? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they they fly. They're abandoned. Uh, Oh, this is a good one. Florida man wanders naked through neighborhood holding cooking oil with an erection. Says he's aroused by rain. That is that is what I'm talking about. When oh, I yeah. say that Floridians do something ridiculous <laughs> and their logic and reason behind it is even more ridiculous, that's Florida. That's Florida. Thunder and lightning. Turn the lights down, baby. <laughs> right, I, don't, I don't want to know what the next 10 are because that's a good enough one for me. Cooking oil. <laughs> Not just the erection. Cooking oil. Yeah, he's got cooking oil, got the erection, and then completely unrelated, says he's aroused by rain. But what the hell does any of the things that are going on have to do (sighs) with rain? Now that wraps up our crank file. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's get into parenting. We can make kids right now. That's why we're here. It's not the years. It's the mileage. Longtime listeners know that I'm in a new neighborhood, so we're trying to acclimate ourselves to weather, neighbors, lifestyle. Uh, you also are acclimating to neighbors, lifestyle. So you, you probably have some insight into this. It, life is stressful. And having small children is, I mean, if you have kids under 10, it's fucking Vietnam. It's just, that's the way it is. That's, that's the life of, of being a parent of small children. What I've noticed is I caught myself 
yelling at my children. And I, I, it was a justified yell in terms of we've talked about this quietly, logically many, many times. So this was a gross violation of a, an established rule. And I was stressed out and tired. And, and as a parent, yelling is easy. And I kind of, I point the finger at myself first, but I also point the finger at other parents. Yelling is easy. The trouble with yelling is it elicits a very interesting response in children because their blood spikes, their blood pressure spikes, um, their adrenaline glands kick in, and it's a fear-producing moment. The problem with that is their little bodies don't know how to process that in terms of a logical sense. So their brain can't separate the adrenaline from what's going on. So, and I, I read a lot about this as I was trying to prepare for this. In effect, when you yell at a child, you're causing trauma that does not stick in the brain. It does not allow for the processing of a, a learning experience. You're just yelling. And now yelling gets results, but they're short-term results because you're not actually imparting any wisdom on the kids. They're simply reacting to daddy's angry. And so I, I went back to the color chart. We talked about the color chart briefly. I want to elucidate this. It's a rainbow color chart. It's Roy G. Biv, right? So red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. You can simplify it. The one that I got on screen here is red, orange, yellow, green, blue. You can go up to purple, rainbow, really the creativity is on the upper end because once the kids do well, you want to keep giving them new levels to get to, but they use this at school. So it's a consistency that we can bring home and they get it at school. They get it at home. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead, go ahead, pause. Uh, with the system that you're describing, I think makes a lot of sense, but do you think there's an element of it? You have two boys. I have one girl and always will. Is there a competitive element to it? Because I would definitely think there is in school to say, I don't want to be the worst. I don't want to be hundred percent. And you have, two boys and you know when one boy is higher than the other boy it might hey that's an extra well wait wait a minute i'm not gonna have you know him higher than me this is bullshit i'm gonna work at it only child though it might be a little you lose that aspect of the competitive nature of it that's all i'm, I'm wondering you lose it at home not yes. at school yes okay so kids rank each other right? My dad's better than your dad. My this, my that. I have this. Well, I have that. Kids are naturally competitive. I think it's in the DNA. Mm -hmm. And so what I noticed in my observation last week was rather than yell at them, which was so easy in hindsight, like you're really stressed out. All you want to do is you want some element of quiet. You want to, you want to talk to the mama. You want to watch something on television. You want to read something. You just, you want to do something to get your mind off whatever it is that's bothering you and the kids just won't calm down they won't be safe they won't what are their kids they're kids like they're full stop they're kids so rather than yell at them i simply got up crammed my mouth shut walked over to the color chart clipped them down and then i turned to them and said i just clipped you down and the dramatic difference between how they react to my yelling and how they react to the color chart was really illuminating to me uh, because I wasn't prepared for it. They were crushed. The color chart was extremely effective. Right. And it's a form of attention. 
and, and it's never lose sight of the fact that your kids want your attention. They want your uh, focus. That's what they're looking for a lot of the time. And if the primary type of focus they're used to is you snapping, that's the reaction that they know they can get. You know, that's what they're going to go for because that's an easy one, right? It's easy to piss someone off. It's a lot harder to have somebody say congratulations, but trying to find anything. And in, in this case, color chart, and I love this recommendation. We have a chore chart where we're trying to do something similar uh, and, and motivate. And I think it's actually, it's working, right? And we're trying to get her prepped for kindergarten. But I think that there's a lot to finding something that actually affects them and helps them understand this behavior is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Not this behavior will be rewarded by me turning red and losing my shit. So along the lines of what I think you're going towards is when I bark, it's still them and me. It's still a first and second person interaction. Mm-hmm. When I point at the color chart, it's I've gone and affected a third party and the third party affects them. They can't argue with the color chart. And so it's, it's two things. It's, it's positive reinforcement of something that they get elsewhere, but two, you're removing yourself from the equation. And yeah, I mean, people listening will probably go, duh, but I mean, really when you're stressed out, you don't, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta legitimately take yourself out of the equation and think about this from an objective standpoint. You need to remove yourself from the scenario of behavior modification in your children. Yeah. And some kind of effective third party does that. If it's a point system, if it's a color chart, if it's, if it's anything that's not you and me, it's they. Yeah. You know, and, and triple D does a, or triple B does a really good job of level setting me when I'm going down that road, because as a parent, you almost feel, you, you know, almost, you do feel entitled to be the boss. I'm going to tell you what to do, but it's not just a child. It's a little person, right? And being a person, just like any person out there, who the hell wants to be told what to do, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean they don't need to be told what to do because they need a lot to learn, but how do you keep telling them what to do in a way that they can absorb it in a positive way versus, versus I'm your parent. I'm telling you what to do. Just suck it up. Listen to me. Cause that never, that will never work. It didn't work for you when you were a kid. It doesn't work for your kids. It's never going to work. It doesn't work for you. Now, everything that you take for granted that you've known for 35, 40 years, I don't know how old you are, 15 out there, things that you just take for granted that you understand that a stoplight is red, yellow, green. That's brand new information of these kids. So they, they don't understand it. So when they start walking in the street, you, know, you gotta, you don't need to scream at them. You need to teach them the lesson. I like the color chart. It's a good call out. Anyway, that wraps up our parenting segment, man. Let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back with Leon Loathes. <laughs> And we're back. Leon, what's on your mind? 
So far, Danny, I haven't heard a single logical reason. No, no, don't accept this. It's frustrating. And we haven't cured cancer. We have not cured cancer. I don't know the answer. I'm just ranting about it. Danny, Danny, what are you good at? Uh, you being know your about. friend. Yeah, that's, that's a good start. That's a good start. You went to school for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you, you walked away with a degree saying that you know probably more than the average person in, in a topic, right? Perhaps. In some subject, yeah. Yeah. What I have noticed, and I am not a big social media person. I, I subscribe to one or two. I have uh, eliminated all other. And what I, the reason I did it, and I didn't even realize I did it at the time, is because there were way too many self-proclaimed experts in something they don't know dick about. And that mm-hmm. was driving me up the wall. And it's something that I'm still contending with all the time. I, it's, I've told you in the past that there's, there's a phrase that drives me up the wall, and it's, it's depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends drives me up the wall. Yes, it does, because it's, it's obvious. Of course it depends. It always depends. But what else drives me up the wall is when people who have literally no place stepping in and having in professional opinion about something do it all the time. And I'm not saying, I, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave all media, all TV, all professionals out of this. When I really, what I'm really talking about is your friends. How many times have you been in a group of friends where you're talking about something like, man, did you see this shit that happened last night on basketball? And I, I actually, I would say it. I would say, yeah, I mean, I saw it, but I, I don't even know what I was watching. But a lot of people who either saw a clip of it or they saw or heard about it or somebody mentioned it to them on the radio or something on the way in the work, they spout off like they fucking know everything about this shit. And then you start to, they just, they, and, the, and then they start to believe their own bullshit as they start to build and build and build on this. And, and then you start to question, hey, hey, d- did you watch the game? N- well, no, but I heard all about it on the radio on the, on the way in this morning. I heard that he was a real dick when he did that. And, and you, all I'm saying, all I'm saying out there, listen, Magic 15, if you are not an authority or an expert, it's okay to have an opinion, but don't pass it off as if you fucking really know about it because people will take that and then they'll go and play that telephone game to the next person and then the next person and then the next person. And then next thing you know, it's on fucking Twitter and 250 million likes where somebody says, did you hear a unicorn was discovered last night in Nigeria? What the fuck? <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I was saying I saw a horse yesterday that looked like it had a horn on it, but it just had really funky hair. But that's what happens. People are like, no, I heard I heard about that shit. Nigeria, right? I knew it was Africa. I knew it was I knew it was in Africa. I knew it was in Africa. I just didn't know it was Nigeria. Yeah, I knew that. People fucking lie about it all the time. Like, check your sources. Don't pipe up if you don't know anything about it. If you don't know, 
Shut the fuck up. End of story. Ooh, I like that. That's all I got to say. Because I'm tired of hearing a bunch of uninformed bullshit opinions that are passed off like they're facts. That's my te- that that is my rant today. Have you have you ever experienced this, Danny? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> uh, there are some there's some medical basis in it. One is called the Dunning Kruger effect. If you if you know less about a subject, you're going to project a kind of a dominance about it where you're going to assume, you know, more than you do. It's kind of fun when you get into a debate with a bunch of your buddies where you're like, no, I think it's this. I think it's that. That's fun to prognosticate, to uh, inject some philosophy, to, to discuss the possibilities of what might be uh, the danger of course, is when you make generalized statements without any factual basis. Yeah. That's stay in your lane. Like that's not your thing. Stay in your lane stay in your lane that's all i'm saying i you know a lot about your shit and bring up your shit and tell me about your shit and i would love to hear about it but don't comment on something i don't even care if you comment but don't pass it off as truth that's all i'm saying and i think we have gotten so accustomed to it where opinions headlines have become reality Mm-hmm. And we're all just falling for it. Just, just do a little research for yourself and ask and, and shut up. If you don't know anything about it, don't just try to contribute to the conversation because you heard something and now you're an expert and you're going to fucking take it 10 steps farther. That, I think I'm just over it. Obviously I've had it happen to me too many times. And then I and my problem is I was the idiot that regurgitated it later. Like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mike Trout. He's he's definitely he's definitely on meth right now. He's on meth. <laughs> what? Yeah, Mike Trout. I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, Mike Trout's on meth. Yeah. Uh, where'd you, you hear know? that? Uh, well, and then that that everyone I talked to is like, yeah, Mike Trout's on meth. Next thing you know, Mike Trout's like, what the hell are you talking about? I've never had meth in my life. I'm like the healthiest person on the planet. But we all just do that. And turns into uh and it's even more powerful and dangerous with social media now. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah, the the phrase that I think you're looking for is echo chamber. Mm. When you mm-hmm. when you kick out a bunch of shit and it comes back and you're like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. And I, I heard something on the morning radio show a couple of days ago that really made me laugh. Uh there was a furious debate back and forth between the host of the radio show and one of the co-hosts, and then a third guy at the end of the conversation. Yeah, well, I'll see it when I believe it. <laughs> and then they, I'll then they see it the when I believe it. Yeah, I and then they cut that. the commercial. I was like, wait a minute. What? No, come on, go back to that. And then they, they left it alone. They moved on to another segment. But I was laughing out loud in the car because <laughs> it was so nonchalant. It was, yeah, whatever. I'll see it when I believe it. Nailed it. I love that. Nice one, Leon. You know, it's actually interesting. I think I think you have something there. I think we all have our own narrative we want to fill. And it's interesting. We ignore the information that doesn't fit into that narrative. <laughs> and we, I don't know how I, you, you create that narrative. You just do. You just say, oh, you know, I mean, baseball players do math. So that makes sense that Mike Trout did math. It takes discipline to be skeptical. I think because you have to remove yourself and go, yeah, it sounds really good, but what else he got? 
Yeah. And it goes along with what you're saying is that it's, uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on this fact. It's, this is a, this is a good rant that I think you're going on is have an opinion, back it up. Know something about it. Actually fucking know something about it. <laughs> Don't just, I rather, heard this on the way in. I'm going to, I'm going to pawn off like I'm an expert. Rather than propagate a falsehood. Yeah. 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 For real. You and your fancy words. Well, Hey, is it the weekend yet? I believe it is the weekend, my friends. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Danny. Hi, my friend. Be well. Stay out of trouble. See you next time. All right. Bye. This place is dead anyway, man.